0: everyone misaligned is back this week and just a reminder misaligned is part of the modern vinyl family of podcasts you can find all of the shows over at modern-vinyl.com and Pilot Study is nearing the end of its season, so definitely check that one out. I believe the latest episode has two pilots in one, so you get a little extra with that latest one. I'm saving it for later because I have not watched the leftovers yet, but I have it ready to go. I have it queued up after I get through a Spider Man show. So, you know, I will be saving that until after I watch the pilot at least. And another note, Today's show is brought to you by Vinyl Me Please. You can join their record of the month club at joinvmp.com forward slash misalign. That'll be in the show notes, so you don't have to memorize it or anything like that. Just definitely be sure to check it out. Megan, today is going to be a fairly quick episode, but before we dive in, do you want to remind our listeners of what the next book club pick is? Yes. So, It is going to be, and I probably should have had this pulled up because I'm a dingus who doesn't think of these things. It's okay. I didn't put it in the show notes. I just laid it on you. Put you on the spot. Yeah, (laughs)
1: surprise. Uh, Well, it's a very long book. So because of that, we're going to delay recording our book club
0: episode. Yes. Just so we can, you know, push through it. Just one regular episode, though. So not too long.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's not awful. So our next book is going to be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The story of pop music from Bill Haley to Beyonce by Bob Stanley.
0: Yes. And like you said, it's a pretty long read. And that's why we decided to extend it. Mostly because I wasn't sure I'd be able to finish it by, you know, two weeks from now when we record the next episode. So it's not only to give The listeners who want to read it a little more time, it's to give us a little more time as well. And I think that'll sort of work out a little more nicely in our schedule. Since we're doing a short episode today, we can give you a longer, more topic filled episode next time. But today we are going to talk about recent concerts, what we've been listening to and give you guys our recommendations as usual. Megan, you've gone to more concerts than I have this year, considering I've only gone to one, so I will let you start this off, since you probably have more to talk about than I do.
1: Yes. So, earlier in April, I think before we recorded our last episode of Misaligned, I went and saw the Decemberists, and that was awesome. The Decemberists played at the National in Richmond, it was part of their Shuffling Off to Ragnarok tour, and... Oh, it was awesome. Even more awesome was the fact that Julian Baker was opening for them. And I didn't know what to expect because Julian is this tiny, just wonderful human being. And I love her so much. But it was just her and a guitar on this huge stage opening for the Decemberists. And what was kind of sucky was before her set started... I was stuck in a crowd surrounded by tall people, um, excluding my boyfriend who was behind me at a very unconcert-friendly height of six eight, and uh, surrounded by drunk bros just complaining about everything. So they saw her come up on stage, and they said, "Oh, how cute! This little girl's with a guitar. She's gonna play us some songs," and she. If you've ever seen her live, she is kind of shy and a little laid back. So she got up on the stage and she was like, "Hi, I'm Julian Baker. I'm going to play some songs for you guys." And the bros that were in front of me just lost it like, "Yeah, we called it. Oh my gosh." And then she started singing and everyone was just hushed for a short time until they started talking again like it really sucked that there you could hear people From all the way in the back. Like this show was sold out. So you could hear people all the way in the back if you were close to the front. Talking really loudly over her set. I think the one song that everyone was quiet for was when she did Rejoice. Okay, So, you know, that was a lovely start to that show. But I'm there in just a puddle of tears almost because she is so fantastic live. And the last time I saw her was in Richmond in an alley of a record store back in September. So to see her go from an alley to a sold out venue, that's huge. Right. And then, of course, the Decemberists. This was my first time seeing them. They've been on my band bucket list for years. And they did a medley of songs, both old and new. So... One of the new songs they played was called Everything is Awful, and I want a studio version of that really, really badly. I'm going to try to find a good video of it to put into our show notes this week because it's a great song and everyone should hear it. Colin Malloy actually debuted the song as part of a solo thing at a benefit back in February. And to hear a full band version of it, and I believe this was the first time it was played on their tour, which was like three days in at that point. Um, that was awesome. And it just sounded just I, I'm speechless about how good it was and how fun it was. Because everything is awful if you haven't been paying attention to the news. Um, but yeah, it was a good show. And they actually broke out into The Crane Wife 1, 2, and 3
0: Okay. That was fun.
1: <laughs> and one of their encore songs was The Tane, which they literally played an entire EP for part of their encore. I'm sure you're just like, what is this thing that she is talking about just so animated about? <laughs> and I will tell you, it, The Tane is kind of this long, epic poem. And I mean, it's long. It's like 18 plus minutes. And it's just this story about this thing called the Tane, and, whew, what an adventure that was. You didn't know where the song started or ended. That's why I'm saying it was literally just one EP worth of (laughs) music. And, of course, they did play such, you know, fan-favorite hits like Oh Valencia, and We All, or We Both Go Down Together, which Colin happily said, oh, this is a song about twin suicide, which actually was pretty funny because that was the second show in April that I had been to where the performer basically was like, hey, we're going to listen to all these depressing songs, but they won't be depressing because I'm going to be funny about it.
0: Right. And as someone who isn't super familiar with the Decembers, like I obviously know who they are and I've listened to some of their stuff here and there. Would you say that Julian Baker was great as an opening act for them, because I know she's sort of talked about a lot on the websites that sort of cover bands that aren't necessarily the Decemberists, And I think, you know, she sort of gets, I wouldn't say lumped in with the emo category and everything, but she gets talked about a lot with bands in that category, I would say, especially when Sprained Ankle came out. So what was it like having her open for a band like The Decemberists instead of being on these smaller tours?
1: See, that's what I was most curious about, because I didn't know how the fan base of The Decemberists were going to react to her, because her music is kind of a little different than what right. The Decemberists are. I think in terms of storytelling and just sheer musical ability, it was a great fit. But if I'm being honest, when they first announced this tour, I was a little just skeptical, not not so much skeptical, but more so confused right. because they're bringing on this up-and-coming songwriter. And one thing to note is that they are bringing her along for their music festival that they will be holding later this summer in Montana. Okay. Which is, it's impossible not to love this band. Um, <laughs> Their music festival, I think, is going to take place in Missoula. Um, okay. Don't quote me on that just yet. <laughs> but it's going to be,
0: let's see, why is this not working for me? Why does my internet just not want to work? I think the fact that they're taking a festival to Montana in general just says something about the band. Because personally, when I look at Tour ad mats. I've mentioned this before, but I don't necessarily pay attention to that much outside of California, simply because when I get a tour announcement in a press release or something, I'm usually looking for dates that I can actually go to, not sort of where every date is. But I would say Montana is one of those states where you don't see on every, you don't see that state listed on every tour ad mat. Right. By a long shot, I would say.
1: And I believe we talked about Colin Malloy's 33 and a third for a Misaligned Reads, possibly. And that detailed his connection to Montana. But it will be in Missoula, Montana on August 12th and 13th at Big Sky Brewing Company Amphitheater. It's called Traveler's Rest. And I love their press releases. They have just they're fun. But they said history-minded readers will recognize that this festival is named after the historical site some few miles south of town, where Lewis and Clark were known to have made camp and put on their own two-day music festivals. It received mixed reviews. Several critics noted that Meriwether Lewis's band Dysentery, which headlined the event, was overly morose and the available food was scarce to inedible. So, this Traveler's Rest Fest also rhymes, which is fun. One dollar from... All of the, from every ticket sale, will be benefiting the ACLU of Montana, which rocks. And they will be performing both nights with two unique sets. And they will also be featuring artists like Bell and Sebastian, The Head and the Heart, Shaky Graves, Sylvan Esso, Charles Bradley and his Extraordinaires, Real Estate, Julian, and more. Nice. So that should be fun. She still kind of is a little out of place on that whole lineup, but I think it'll be great. And it was nice being at that show because Sean Rohrer, the label manager for 6131 Records, was also there since, you know, he's based in Richmond, and is Julian's manager. So he and I had a nice chat, both during and after the show, about Julian and the crowd and how great it is that the brought her on tour. Like, actually, I believe we talked about this... When I interviewed him a few months ago for Modern Vinyl, just not in the interview.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A little off-the-record talk.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just, I think this was right after the tour was announced. It's like, hey, Sean, this is actually really awesome. Right. That's, wow. But she is on Matador Records now, which is home to artists like Car Seat Headrest and Lucy Dacus. And if you've never heard of Lucy Dacus and you like Julian Baker you will like Lucy Dacus. She's also got her ties to Virginia. And I'd say if you like Julian or even Courtney Barnett, then you will really like Lucy Dacus. So that's fun. And as I mentioned Car Seat Headrest, I should mention that the other concert I saw in the same week as the December show was a friend of Car Seat Headrest. And that was Gold Connections, With two local bands from Richmond, one of which is called Claire Morgan, who was really awesome. And I forget the other one, but based on sitting with some friends at the bar of Strange Matter eating chili, uh, it's safe to say that we may or may not have heard a cover band doing the songs of um, The Cure. Okay. (laughs) So I was very sober can't can't really say the same for my friends and that's okay (laughs) but also on this lineup at strange matter was another 6131 band called suburban living and i know that delaney had well delaney is one of the new modern vinyl writers and they put together a showcase for south by southwest with the alternative and suburban living was featured on said showcase So I was excited to see them live. I have their record and a really cool press where it's just straight-up clear vinyl. How awesome is that? Um, So getting to hear them live as opposed to listening to them on a record, huge difference, very fun. I loved it. And Gold Connections did a Grateful Dead cover. That was cool. Not that I'm a deadhead by any means. But I liked their sound. The last time I saw them was when they opened for Car Seat Headrest back in September. And they were a very different band back then. They've refined their vibe. They put out a new EP a few weeks ago, which is awesome, and I recommend checking that out. I believe it's just a self-titled EP. And Will Toledo actually helped produce that. All these Wills got kind of confusing, because there's Will Toledo of Gold or uh, Car Seat Headrest and Will Marsh from... Gold Connections, and I will be seeing both of them again in June, where they will be playing a ten dollar outdoor show in Richmond together.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. So you've definitely been to quite a few more shows than I have in general this year because I finally went to my first show just you know the other week, and it was the twenty year show for Newfound Glory and they did Sticks and Stones and Catalyst in full. So they did two nights back to back at this venue, but I only went to one and it's the albums I sort of enjoy more than the others. So that was definitely a great show and Trash Boat opened for them. There was only one opener this way, you know, Newfound Glory could have enough time to get through two full albums basically. And they had a quick set, I want to say it was maybe 25, 30 minutes. And because they're not from here, they were trying to comment on the California weather. And they were like, yeah, it's like 20 something degrees here. And you know, the crowd kind of looks around, he's like Celsius, I don't know what Fahrenheit is. So you know, they provided a nice little introduction before Newfound Glory came on. And Newfound Glory still has so much energy when they hit the stage. And the fact that they've been doing this for 20 years is kind of amazing that these are literally grown men that probably have families back home and everything. And they're still running around like crazy people jumping around on stage and everything like that. And it was definitely packed. I believe both dates were sold out for this. And they also did the same in LA, I believe. Megan, did this come over by you already, or is it heading your way? I honestly
1: have no idea. Okay. If I'm being honest here, they've kind of fallen off my radar over the years. And, I mean, I enjoy their From the Screen to Your Stereo albums. Those (laughs) are a guilty pleasure of mine. (laughs) Tried to get my boyfriend to listen to them the other day, and he said they were straight trash and made me turn them off. (laughs) So that was fun. He and I clearly have two different... Styles when it comes to music.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And apparently, when I bought my ticket, it came with a download of their new album, Makes Me Sick, I believe it's called. I really hope that's right. I haven't listened to it yet. I just downloaded it this morning before, you know, we got into recording and everything. And I still need to listen to that. But it's odd timing, I guess, for this tour because it's like they're doing the 20 year tour while their album is being promoted and coming out, but they're not playing any songs from it. So, you know, it's just a little weird to see both of these things happening for the band at the same time. And I do think they have another tour lined up for like, summer or something for the new album. So, you know, it was just definitely the diehard Newfound Glory fans at these shows. I don't know if I would necessarily say I was a Die Hard New Glory fan, but Catalyst was the first album I really got into, so that's why I wanted to go to the show because I remember, you know, back when MTV played music videos and everything, these songs started popping up on there, along with, you know, Ocean Avenue by Yellow Card and that sort of thing, when I Really started sort of straying away from my parents' music and listening to my own stuff, and so that was an album I definitely wanted to see them play live, especially since it was going to be in full. But that's the sole show that I've gone to this year. At least it was a good one. So, you know, no complaints Sounds like here. It was. But you know, I feel like
1: they would do that at Riot Fest too, like do a whole album in full, like what Bayside's doing. They might. This this year it was announced that they will be, pre- or Bayside, not Newfound Glory, but Bayside will be performing The Walking Wounded in full at Riot Fest Chicago. Nice. Which is awesome, and I kind of wish I was in Chicago to see that.
0: <laughs> yeah, Riot Fest is one of those things, it's like I always want to go to it, but then I feel like all the stories I hear about the year it rained and it was completely muddy and everything. I was like, maybe I'm glad I didn't go to this. And, you know, finding hotels and everything, especially when there's huge festivals going on is very difficult. I'm sure it's more difficult for the ones that are, you know, several day not several days, but, you know, like two, three-day festivals. Yeah. So. You know, that doesn't make it any easier on the city, but I'm sure the city enjoys the money. So <laughs> they oh, probably yeah. don't have too many complaints. Well, I mean, Chicago hosts Lollapalooza too every year. Right. So they know
1: what they're getting themselves into. Yes, very true. And this year's lineup is incredible. Yeah. Of course, I do find it funny that Guar will be performing again and Andrew WK, but more so the fact that Guar canceled their yearly barbecue event. That happens down here because they're recording a new album. So to see them kind of hit the festival circuit for Riot Fest, I think another one, too. I'm not 100% sure. They were rumored to maybe be on Warped or something. I don't know. Okay. But I think that's interesting.
0: Yeah. And like I said, obviously, I would love to go. But that's just nuts (laughs) to Riot Fest. But that's something that's just not going to happen at the moment. And I, well, I don't know. I've never been to Chicago, so I, I don't know why that would change all of a sudden. Uh, you're missing out as I hit my microphone. I'm sorry about that, but you're missing out. Chicago is great. So I have heard. And, you know, it's definitely one of those cities I've always wanted to go to, but we are getting a little sidetracked here. So yeah, Megan, why I, I don't can you... go into
1: an ode to Chicago in, like, any given minute here. But I used to live outside of there in the suburbs. So makes sense. But
0: why don't you tell our listeners more about Vinyl Me, Please?
1: All right. So this month, Vinyl Me, Please is going to be releasing Fiona Apple's title on record, obviously, which is very, very cool. And I think this is the first time that they're actually releasing this album in America as a pressing. Nice. So, yes, that is their current album of the month. And if you're not familiar with Final Me Please already, which why wouldn't you be, it is a record <laughs> of the month club. And they call themselves basically the Best Damn Record Club. So, yes, Fiona Apple's title is the May record of the month. And if you sign up now, if you sign up by May 15th, you will get that album as well as some cool artwork and a drink recipe paired with it in VMP fashion. And... So every month, they feature an album that's a very essential to everyone's vinyl collection and sends it out to thousands of people across the world. And if you're a member, they also have a very cool member store with some member-exclusive press, or maybe not so much pressings, but releases of albums that you can't really find anywhere else. So if this strikes up your fancy, join
0: Vinyl Me, please. Definitely do that. And like I said, the link will be in the show notes. So you guys don't have to memorize it or anything like that. But Megan, I know we want to talk about what we've been listening to as well. And I just want to make a quick note since Record Store Day happened recently. I personally did not grab anything. I did end up going to a store, but it was like way later in the day because the store I would have gone to opened at like six in the morning. And I was like, there is no way I'm getting... that early on a Saturday for records I maybe want to buy, but I know you have been listening to Jason Isbell's Record Store Day release, so tell me a bit about that, because had I thought about it, that might have been on my list of things to get, but I did not. Is it available streaming anywhere, or is it strictly Record Store Day?
1: I'm not sure, honestly. I know that there is no download code with
0: it. It's just six songs. That is rough. No download code.
1: (laughs) It was recorded straight from analog. To, well it was recorded from analog so Jason Isbell and the 400 did this awesome six song EP and released it for Record Store Day and literally like they did it from analog, pressed it got 4,000 copies out to the world and there you go nice. so the story about this was this was on my list of Record Store Day things I wanted this year along with Space Jam and the Coheed and Cambria record and the Vitamin String Quartet does Kanye But what happened was I was unable to go to Record Store Day because I was working a fencing tournament in Baltimore. So it was my life. Like, when I'm not doing this, I'm usually in the fencing world and I don't even fence. So my boyfriend went to a bunch of stores in Charlottesville with his friends, hoping to get some good deals and awesome, like, RSD releases. Out of everyone, I was the only one that got an r s d release because he put his hand in the bin when he saw it and grabbed it so no one else could like I don't know <laughs> if it was the only copy that Plan Nine had in Charlottesville or if it was like the last copy, but either way, it's mine now and i I actually have Alan to thank for writing the review that's on Modern vinyl about this record and Yeah, so speaking of Record Store Day, after my shift was over, I walked to a record store, a really cool record store, Protein Records out in Baltimore, loved their selection of used stuff, managed to pick up Childish Gambinos because the internet with the screenplay book on sale and the 7-inch RSD exclusive for this year that Andre 3000 did, um, but the cover of The Beatles is all together now. Forgot that came out. So I picked that up, because I love Andre 3000. <laughs> nice. But on top of all that, I have been listening to a lot of Diet Sig, because I can't get enough of their new record. I've probably talked about this before. I've been in a huge Paramore mode, and not just because of Hard Times being released, but because I think that Paramore is a good summer jam band. And in a complete
0: 360, I've also been in a weird Ratatat like, mood i'm not familiar with them what would you they're an them to? electronic
1: instrumental band
0: okay probably so, not my thing then <laughs> they're
1: more along the lines of say lcd sound system okay but they're good just like motivating running music not that i've been running but like just listening <laughs> to them pumps me up and i love it um i actually put tropicana on my april playlist
0: Nice. Yeah, I don't really listen to too much instrumental stuff if I listen to any at all. I know I have like the Batman the animated series theme song on vinyl, but that's, you know, like a minute's worth of music on a Batman symbol shaped vinyl, so that's more the reason I got it, but yeah, I'll listen to like soundtracks once in a while, but if it's just bands that sort of just make instrumental music as their you know, everyday music, I guess you could say. I've never really gotten into that, but what I have been listening to is the Super American release that I recommended last episode we did together. So I don't need to go too much into that since I already did that there. And today I had a review go up for Have Mercy's latest album over on HiFi Noise. So I've been listening to that a little bit and it's, A solid release. I know there have been a lot of lineup changes with this band in the past and recently, so it's not too different from their other stuff. Despite that, I would say so. If you are into basically everything else, Have Mercy has done, I think you'll still like this album. I don't know based on you know your personal preferences and everything if you guys would like it quite as much, but I thought it was a fine record. It could have used a little more variety in the lyrical portion of the album, I would say, because a lot of it did feel like it was sort of going over some of these same topics throughout the song. So I think a little more variety would have been nice. But other than that, like I said, it's a solid album. And Megan, along the lines of your Jason Isbell Listening Habits. I've been listening to the new Chris Stapleton album, which isn't out quite yet, but I somehow was able to convince them to give me a copy of it. So I've given that a listener to and I will be listening to it a lot more between this recording and by the time you guys listen to this, which is probably the story of my life at this point. I feel like this happens to me a lot. And another thing that will happen between this recording and you guys hearing this is I will go figure out what book Penguin sent me mysteriously. I have it waiting for me after we finish recording here, Megan. I, I don't know why this keeps happening to me, but I'll just like get UPS emails and be like, you have package on the way and it'll say it's from like Penguin or some publisher. And I'm like, what, what did I ask for? What are you sending me? Can you guys be a little more specific here? So, you know, I have a nice little surprise waiting for me once we are finished with that.
1: Well, hey, that's or, always
0: fun. <laughs> yeah. But Megan, I know we each have a recommendation this week as well. So why don't we jump right into those? Speaking of upcoming releases, since she mentioned Chris Stapleton, Kayatana has a new
1: album out that is streaming now, which is awesome. I was listening to that earlier today because I love Kayatana. So it's called New Kind of Normal. It's streaming on the hype machine. And uh, this could end up in my
0: top 10 this year. I dig it. I really dig it a lot. Nice. Yeah, I saw that and I posted it to the Hi-Fi Noise Twitter and Facebook, but I have not had the chance to listen to it because it's hard to listen to music and edit a podcast at the same time like I was doing earlier. So... I will have to be sure to check that out today. Sometimes I'll post things and then I just like forget about them. So I need to sort of, I don't know, I need to put these post-its in front of my face to better use and just sort of write down things throughout the day and be like, okay, I need to listen to this. This came out and do this. I have been getting a little better though because, you know, I did listen to the new Frank Ocean single and the paramore single in a timely manner for once so there I've is that i've been hearing the frank ocean song all over the radio
1: here and i love it nice yeah it's and good. it's even though it's got migos in it who are very weird lyricists it's it's still a jam um and i should mention with his Katana album it comes out on friday and it's got 12 tracks and it's on plum records
0: nice Yeah. And I know I have recommended Celebration Rock before, but the episode that came out today, which I managed to finish listening to before we recorded this, was Rob Sheffield guesting again to talk about his new Beatles book. So Megan, I think you will definitely be into this because I know we've talked about Rob Sheffield quite a few times on this podcast now. So if you guys enjoyed those episodes that we did, definitely check this podcast out. And I would definitely just continue recommending the podcast in general, because Stephen Haydn always has great discussions on music in general. And this one, definitely very relatable, since it is a music podcast about a book, which we do quite often here on Misaligned. But that is all we have for you guys today. As always, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.